Hi, my name is Shannon Lee, and you're listening to The Slapcast. Well, hello all. How is your summer going? I gotta be honest, it's just strange, you know? I mean, masks... Not very many pools open, no county or state fairs, no summer camps, and of course, everyone in masks everywhere once again. Now, I'm not complaining. I'm in favor of all the precautions of keeping everybody safe, but it does feel like we're living in this dystopian society. You know what I mean? Um, Like even doing normal things doesn't feel normal right now. Now, I wonder too, if this departure from what has been so familiar for so long is taking its toll on leadership. Actually, I don't wonder. I know it is. I know it is. It has to be. What we're hearing is really one of two scenarios. Either employers, um, leaders, they don't want to take any chances by talking about leadership development. They don't want to spend money on leadership development. They don't want to introduce any new programs. It just feels like both a financial and a workplace stressor. And so they're feeling like, you know, this is not the time to introduce something new. We're in crisis mode, right? And then on the other end of the spectrum, we've got folks who are literally doubling down on leadership development because they see it as being even more important. And of course, I know I'm biased, but I absolutely agree. Now today, I'm going to talk about one of the most important things leaders can be doing right now to increase their effectiveness. It doesn't require a special class or a workshop or a program or a certification, but it's something that is so simple that it's often overlooked or done poorly. So more on that in a moment. But first, a few reminders. So we have a virtual workshop coming up this month. It's called Care to Lead. You've heard it before. If you've been listening to the Slapcast, it's our flagship workshop. It's on the 19th and 20th, and it's a total mindset shift pertaining to leadership. It's our flagship workshop, as I said, and if you want more info, all you have to do is visit us at relayleadership.com slash care to lead. When this is virtual, what we do is instead of offering it in one day, we offer in two days, three hours on each day. So it'll be three hours on the 19th, three hours on the 20th. Okay. Also, next month is our annual event, Impact Columbus. But this year, it's very different, but in a great way. So on September 30th, we're going to kick off Impact Columbus with a live virtual event, highly interactive. There's going to be Q&A commenting, upvoting on those comments. You're going to interact with those of us, quote unquote, on stage and That's going to last about an hour. It'll include myself and our co-chairs, Dale Heidloff of AEP and LaShondra Baker of Cover My Meds. Yes, LaShondra is back. We are so excited. So what are we going to talk about on the 30th? We're going to talk about how we as a community move forward in this new world as individuals um, and our teams and our organizations and again, as a community. But that's not all this year. See, normally Impact Columbus is a live event in person at a banquet hall with a breakfast and an hour program. Instead, we're going to start with that hour live kickoff, but then everyone who attends and has a ticket, they will automatically receive access to a virtual Impact 
conference with over 10 speakers addressing the very topic that I just mentioned from various perspectives. We're working on the confirmation of all of our speakers for the conference. So by the time this episode airs, all of that information will be fully populated on our website at relayleadership.com slash impact Columbus. You will not want to miss this event. It's going to be amazing. So even though it's based here in Columbus and all of our speakers are going to be from Columbus, this content is going to apply to anybody as we all figure out what does it look like as we move forward through and out of this crisis that we're in right now. All right, so enough announcements. Let's get started. All right, so I mentioned today's topic is going to be something very simple, but easily forgotten and or overlooked by managers and leaders. That simple tool is setting SMART goals. Now, our version of SMART goals is slightly different than what many of you might be used to or what you've heard of in the past, and I'll I'll explain that soon. We use the Ken Blanchard version for lots of reasons, which, by the way, if you missed July's episodes, please go back and listen. We had Ken Blanchard for both Slapcast episodes in July, and they were amazing. And so this is not meant to um, be a continuance of that, but rather it inspired us to talk a little bit about Ken Blanchard's version of SMART goals. So before I go into the Ken Blanchard of SMART goals, let's chat a little bit about where SMART goals fit into what we believe is an entire leadership process or or a model. And that model that we use is called SL2. So we're going to start with some research that's been done related to SL2 and related to this kind of management model. And then we'll go into some specifics about SMART goals. All right. So for just a moment, I'd like everyone to think about every boss you've worked for, every leader you've worked for. And I bet you, you can think of both good bosses and bad bosses as defined by you. We know that a bad boss has a huge impact on the attitude, behaviors, and performance of their team members. In fact, research confirms that there's a real cost to organizations from ineffective leadership in terms of high turnover, low engagement, low productivity, and ultimately poor bottom line results. In fact, when we look at the statistics, which Ken Blanchard Companies created a publication called Making the Business Case for Leadership Development. There's some great stats in this document. So first of all, turnover. Nine to 32% of an organization's turnover can be avoided through better leadership skills. Better leadership skills. And only 30% of U.S. employees are engaged at work. And managers account for at least 70% of the variance in employee engagement. Ew, yikes. It's not in this study, but I do want to note that Gallup tells us that only 5% of us in leadership or in management have innate leadership ability. So that just means the rest of us, 95% of us, we have to learn. So don't feel bad. It's not your fault. It is a skill that you can learn. Okay, productivity. 58% of employees say poor management is the biggest thing getting in the way of productivity. I find that incredible. That poor management is getting in the way of... Could you imagine... 
just think about a team that you're on right now. If you could improve your productivity by 42%, could you imagine how much happier, fulfilling, engaging, how much work you get? You might go home early. I'm not kidding. And then poor results. Leadership costs the typical organization as much as 7% of their total annual sales. 7% sounds like a small number, but when we're talking about organizations and the millions and billions in revenue, that is a lot of money. And when it's costing you that much, that money could be used for better benefits, could be used to hire better talent, a more diverse talent pool. There's so many things we could do with that 7% and it's we're, we're missing out of it. So I believe that this resonates with most people that we experience one or more of these things around turnover, engagement, productivity, or even just not getting good results. And so the question becomes, you know, how do we address these things? So the research actually shows that Part of the problem is that employees need different levels of direction and support depending on their level of competence and commitment on any given task. And by the way, you can be at different levels of competence and commitment on various tasks of your job. So I'm sitting here looking at Jonathan, our producer, and he has a job. And how long have you been there, Jonathan? Has it been six months yet? Uh, A little over October, so whatever that's been. Okay, so yeah, so like eight months. So he's coming up on a year here in about four more months, and it'll probably be right around that time where he has fully hit his stride and fully learned his job and feeling really, really comfortable with the role. And so what happened along that journey for Jonathan was there was probably times in the last eight months that he caught on to things very quickly and other things a little bit slower and other things somewhere in between. All that means is that Jonathan had different levels of competence and commitment on any of those given job responsibilities or those tasks. That is completely normal. I talked about this at length in episodes 29 and 30 back in March. So what you need to do is listen to those because we're not gonna go back into it. It's way too much to repeat. I've already done it. It's there. You know, it's like microwaved for you. Just Yes, go listen to it. So... But here's the thing. Most managers have only one leadership style, very typical, and they apply it to every employee in every situation. So let's take Jonathan, our sample here. <laughs> On the subject. <laughs> the subject. And if I'm Jonathan's manager and I show up as a certain way all the time in every situation, that means Jonathan, for that entire eight months that he's worked for me, has received the same leadership style from me regardless of his competence and commitment on each of his given tasks. And so what happens then is at times I might be over-supervising him and other times under-supervising him. Over-supervision and under-supervision create a lot of frustration, disengagement, and lower levels of performance. When we have low levels of performance, what happens? Productivity, well... To be honest, it just goes in the crapper. I mean, that's what happens. So we're trying to uh, eliminate this by helping leaders identify ways that they can show up situationally, thus the name situational leadership or SL2, situationally to those around them. And again, go back and listen to episode 29 and 30 to learn about those four levels, those four development levels. So there's not one size fits all in leadership. 
A McKinsey report released in August of last year, it was called uh, What's Missing in Leadership Development. It highlights this issue and the need for a more flexible or situational approach to leadership. And that research showed that 54% of leaders only use one leadership style regardless of the situation, which means that they're often using the wrong style. So this is not just anecdotal. We're not just saying the average person has one style and then they show up the same to everybody. No, the research is showing that over half of us, this is exactly what is happening. So if you're under supervising, that means you're not providing enough direction. And if you're over supervising, you're providing too much direction. And so if 54% of leaders are only using one leadership style regardless of the situation, that also means that 50% of the time or more, leaders are, are using the wrong leadership style for meeting the needs of those that they work with. Now, I say this all the time, it's no secret to anybody listening. If you've listened to the podcast for any length of time, we're all about servant leadership. Servant leadership is our how here at Relay. And servant leadership is a way of being and doing. And we use our programs like Care to Lead and things like that to show people the mindset so people can learn the mindset of servant leadership. SL2 is like this strategy and tactical approach. It's, it's how we operationalize servant leadership. And we just really believe that people deserve a great manager and a great place to work. We believe great managers are a big part of creating great places to work. So team members at every level of every organization should get the right amount of direction and support when they need it so they can de develop mastery and become self-reliant, autonomous employees. This builds their confidence. It makes them come to you with ideas and innovations when they're ready. And it's just what every leader wants from their folks. But the leader plays a huge role a huge role in making that happen. And leaders want to be their best. They want to feel like that they're successfully developing others, but sometimes we just don't know how. I believe that most leaders want to show up well. They intend to show up well, but they don't know how. Maybe they don't have the skills to manage. And so leaders need to be invested into to figure this out so that we can create the best managers and the highest levels of productivity in our employees. So in a situational model, there's a process that takes place. And back in March, when I talked about the development levels, we were talking about diagnosing development levels of our direct reports and then matching our style. But really where that process starts is with what we call SMART goals. And SMART goals are, a lot of people have heard of SMART goals, but SMART goals are where you start. So before you can sit down with an employee and figure out where they are developmentally, and how you match your style, you've got to set a SMART goal. One of the biggest mistakes we see as we coach leaders and work with employers is they look at us and say, but I told them what to do. I gave them a SMART goal. It was specific. It was trackable. I had deadlines. There were check-ins. But when you dig deeper, what you find is that the SMART goal, while it might have been written and communicated correctly, what wasn't happening was the way the leader prepared and supported and directed the direct report after the SMART goal was created is where the breakdown occurred. And that's where those development levels come into play. So what are SMART goals? So SMART goals can be applied to large goals and also individual tasks. 
And I'm going to take you through what each of the letters stands for, and then I'm going to point out some of the differences um, and how this model of or this version of SMART goals might be a little different than what you're used to. So the S is the same. S is specific. What exactly is the goal or task? What does a good job look like? When does the goal or task need to be accomplished? This is where we get the specificity. Sometimes if we say, okay, Jonathan, I want you to produce a podcast for us, which we had this conversation two years ago or whatever it was. If, yeah, if I had not explained to him what a good podcast looked like to me, which I did, I sat down and said, I want to do an intro and then I want music and then I want like another kind of sort of intro and then, you know, and then I want to bring the guest in. I explained to him specifically what I wanted. Chances are what Jonathan would have started putting together for me it would have been pure luck if it was what I wanted. It would have been my podcast. Right. And so what? So I could have been specific, like, I want you to produce a podcast for me, which sounds specific, but it's not specific unless I detail what a good job looked like. What What is the outcome that I'm trying to achieve? And then when do I want this accomplished? So that's the specific. The M, this is where it's going to get a little different. The M for many people used to be measurable. We're going to address that in the T. Uh M is motivating, motivating. Is the goal or task meaningful for the individual? Will working on this goal build competence and commitment? Will working on this goal add or drain energy? All three of these things are important. In order to find out if a goal is motivating to someone, you have to talk to them, right? This isn't just shooting off an email and writing a SMART goal. This is, when I sit down, are you excited about this? Now, everyone listening here knows that not every goal that we have at work is something that makes us do jumping jacks, right? We all have a little bit of grunt work that we have to do or, or work that is kind of, um, you know, maybe doesn't make up the, the passionate part of our job, right? I think that that's normal and that's okay. But maybe it's meaningful because we can see how it's connected to the higher purpose of the organization. Or maybe you as the leader help create meaning by showing the direct report what it means to you and how it's helping you accomplish something. We also want to make sure it's motivating in that the employee fully understands how this goal is related to building their competence and commitment. How are they growing in their abilities? How is this a development opportunity? Because that alone can be very motivating. I'm wanting you to learn this because. And then we got to find out, is this adding or draining energy? I recently had a conversation with one of our staff members who was sharing with me some of the things that drained their energy and some of the things that were adding energy. And we were able to have a very open conversation and adjust some of that person's SMART goals. Why? Because if I have someone on my team whose energy is drained more than 20% of the time, like I, I'm okay if about 20% of your job, you're kind of like, wah, wah, I'm okay with that. <laughs> But if it reaches over 20%, much more, especially if we get into 30, 40%, then I'm in danger of creating a situation where productivity is greatly diminished. So we have to have that conversation. And here's the thing, leaders, managers, sometimes when someone is new to your organization, they do not yet know if something is going to add or drain their energy. You've got to keep lines of communication open. In fact, I would argue 
that the newer someone is to a task or the newer someone is to your organization, the higher chance that they are going to take on tasks and goals at your direction and be excited about them at first and then find out later that it's just not their cup of tea and you're going to be discouraged, they're going to be discouraged. Please know this is normal. Figuring out what motivates people is a process. Okay, so the A, attainable. Is it realistic? Reasonable? Is it achievable? And is the goal within the individual's control? And I want to pause right there. I was talking to a CEO one time, and he was sharing with me a big goal that he gave his top leaders at his organization. And then he said to me, almost as if in parentheses, if I was reading it, now I know we're never going to achieve that, but I did it to light a fire under them, right? I said, let me stop you right there, sir. Why would it be motivating to give people a goal that you already believe is not realistic or achievable and that much of it is not within their control? There are too many things that are outliers. Well, he said, if I don't do, then they won't, then they won't push for it. And I said, okay. I think it's important when we set SMART goals that the goal is a stretch goal. But even with a stretch goal, the individual must believe that they can achieve it. And even if it seems slightly out of their reach, that through talking with you, their leader, their manager, that you've shown them how they're going to reach that stretch point so that you can create, for lack of a better term here, a believer in this stretch goal. But if you as a leader already believe all this is never going to happen, okay, you have not You cannot check the box for this letter A. You have not created an attainable goal. All right, is it relevant? That's the R. Is the goal or task meaningful work for the organization? Now, notice that motivating has to do with something being meaningful to the individual. Relevance has to do, is this meaningful for the organization? Is it aligned with the organization's goals or at least the work team's goals? And is it a high priority in relationship to other goals? And by the way, relevancy is where you have the discussion around prioritization. So that helps someone not only determine whether or not something is relevant, but how relevant is. So if I'm giving Jonathan a new goal or a new task here, one of the things I want to discuss with him is, okay, I know you've got these other projects you're working on. Right now, this is high priority. I want you spending 30% of your time on this new task. You as the leader need to give that kind of direction. People do not automatically know what is most relevant and most important to you. You've got to spell it out. And then the T is trackable. How will progress and results be measured and tracked? It says measured and tracked because we want to know measured. Are we getting it done on time and, and the way we outlined in specific, when we said the specific goal? And then tracked really has to do with progress? What are the check-ins along the way? By the way, the more developed someone is in a goal, in other words, the more competence and commitment they have around a goal, the less tracking that they need. Okay? So here's what's interesting about this version of SMART goals. We write the S and the T. The goal is written with the specificity or as specific and trackable. That's the part that we write out. But we think and discuss relevant, attainable, motivating. And the reason why I said it in that order is because it spells a made-up word that you can pronounce as stram. (laughs) 
works for me. I really like it. So, so in other words, the S would be, okay, what's the goal or task and when's it due? What's it look like? And then the T would be, how will the task be measured? And then inside of that would be, you know, how are we going to track it? How often? Right? So there are ways that you can practice writing SMART goals. Um, it's super important that you get this initial piece right when you're giving goals to people. The other thing that I will recommend is that when you're issuing new SMART goals for folks, that the goal is done in person and then it's followed up with in writing. Here's why. Here's a mistake I've made. I've created the goal in writing and said, let's talk about this next week at our staff meeting or let's talk about this the next time we meet. That person is looking at this goal and remember, what are they missing? They're missing the RAM. They're missing the relevancy, whether or not it's attainable and the motivating piece, right? So you might know all of that, but they don't readily see it. So just typing out a SMART goal is not enough and shooting it an email or a text. We want to have a conversation. We don't want them ruminating over this and wondering and worrying and, and um, getting all kinds of negative energy around this goal. We do this face-to-face. -face. We have a discussion. Well, nowadays you do a Zoom-to-Zoom, -zoom, right? So, But the point is you want to have a conversation first. Then that will allow you to adjust the goal as needed. Let's say I gave Jonathan that goal and despite my best efforts, and maybe he shared with me some additional information I didn't know in that discussion about the attainability of the goal. And in that discussion, we both realized maybe the goal I originally had planned was not attainable. Then we're gonna kind of adjust and then we get agreement at the end of that. Okay, now this is what the goal is. Does that sound good? Yes, it does. Awesome. I'm gonna follow up and put it in writing for you and if you're a super organized leader, so that you can put it into your SMART goal tracker. Da, da, da. Yes, they exist, and I have one. If you want one, just let us know. I'll email to you. Email me at slapcast at relayleadership.org. Um, I will send you a SMART goal tracker. It's pretty nifty. Um, all right, I'm going to wrap up SMART goals now. Once again, if you have not listened to episode 29 and 30, where I talk about the development levels, that's what you want to listen to next. Technically, SMART goals should come first, but we did it backwards. What can I tell you? But that's the magic of recording. You can listen to them in any order that you fairly well please. All right, so that's it for this episode. Thanks for joining us. Don't hesitate to reach out to us at slapcast at relayleadership.org for any ideas, suggestions for guests, or just to say hi. You can follow us on all of the socials at Relay Leadership. And finally, be sure to get your ticket to Impact Columbus at relayleadership.com slash impact Columbus. Until next time. <laughs>